0: If you would turn in the scriptures to the book of Acts. Acts 17. Let's talk about this just for a few minutes. Acts 17. Down about verse 28. It says for in him. We live and move. And have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are his also his offspring. you know it's easy to forget or, or lose awareness of it, but God sustains us every millisecond. who keeps our star, our sun burning, who keeps gravity working who keeps oxygen working and breathing and etc 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 in him we live and move and have our being I've heard foolish people say well you know there's there's no proof of God there's no evidence of the existence of a God that's um, so foolish everything you see is proof of God all creation Romans 1 tells us that God's eternal power and Godhead is clearly seen in the creation. You see it in the sky. You see it in the stars. You see it in the mountains and the oceans. Even this earth, even in its fallen, corrupted state, it's amazing. Imagine what it was like before it fell. Well, we'll get to find out because it's going to be restored in the future keep reading. It says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God we ought not think the Godheads like gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. The Lord God said from the beginning back in the Old Testament not to make any kind of image or statue. We we are not to pray in front of any picture. We are not to bow before any statue. Why? Because that's the work of men's hands. It can't begin to depict the true unseen God. We worship Him by faith. Verse 30, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. You know, Peter said that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God If we say, what what time is it? What time is it to do? It's time to repent. (laughs) For the whole world to come to him and acknowledge the need of a Savior and to realize that the price has been paid and the victory won and the proof the victory has been won is by the raising of Jesus from the dead. Can you say amen? Amen. He's commanded all men everywhere to repent, because He has appointed a day in the which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He has ordained, whereof He has given assurance, some translations say proof, He has given proof unto all men in that He has raised Him from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. This is our assurance. This is the proof of the whole thing. He has raised him from the dead. Verse 32, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we'll hear you again of this matter. It was that way then, it's that way now. Some believe, like us, others do not. Others actually mock the very idea of someone being resurrected or raised from the dead. They don't believe it's possible, and so they don't accept it. In Jesus' day, there was a whole group of religious people called the Sadducees, and they denied that there is any spirit or any resurrection Now, that's kind of strange to me. Why would you want to be religious? (laughs) Why would you want to go to synagogue or service or church if there is no spirit, there is no future, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no resurrection? Why would you want to go? And yet, there was a whole religious group called the Sadducees. 1 Corinthians 15 goes into some detail about this. It says, if Christ has not been raised from the dead then faith is vain and useless and um, those that have died that's the end of them no sometimes people say well you know this thing about jesus being born of a virgin without an earthly father and this thing about him being raised from the dead you know i don't know if i can accept that That just sounds like magic like hype like that that's not possible but i can acknowledge that jesus moral teachings that's you know that's important and no listen if he wasn't born of a virgin he's not the son of god and if he didn't rise from the dead he's not the savior of the world if those things didn't happen all church is a waste of time all faith and prayer is vain and useless no It makes all the difference in the world whether you believe this or not. In fact, if you don't believe that Jesus is raised from the dead, you are not saved. You are lost. And you do not have an eternity to look forward to, which is one reason we're talking about it this morning. And if you hadn't been there, you're in the right place wherever you are watching and listening. You can know that you know. Before today is over, you can choose. Faith is a choice. You can choose to believe. You can choose to receive. I've heard people say before, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, j- I cannot believe that. I just can't believe that. That's an untrue statement. By very nature of what faith is, you can believe anything you choose to believe. You don't have to see it, feel it, or understand it. That's what faith is about. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a choice, a choice. And when you see and hear what the children portrayed, the whole gospel story about what happened with Jesus, and about how he was betrayed, how he was crucified, how he was buried, dead for three days and nights, but how he was gloriously, by the spirit of holiness, by the Spirit of God, raised from the dead, not just raised back to mortal life, raised from the dead, no longer subject to death, no longer subject to aging or corruption or any of those things. When you hear that, then now it's a choice. You just have to choose whether I believe it and accept that or whether I don't. Don't say you can't believe it It'd be more accurate to say, I choose not to. Oh, but if you're smart, you'll join the rest of us <laughs> and you'll choose to believe. Somebody say, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Thank God. Thank God. You know, the Bible tells us, if you'll turn with me there to 1 Peter, the first chapter and the third verse, 1 Peter 1, 1.3, it says this, it says, Blessed Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, this is the new birth, born again, or born from above, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me read that to you from some other translations. The Dewey translation says, he has regenerated us unto a lively hope. The Amplified, let's just look at that, 3, 4, and 5 in the Amplified. Amplified, verse 3, praised be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, we're going to read the rest of this in just a moment, but say that out loud, ever-living hope. Now, the word for hope can be translated expectation. Ever-living expectation. A living expectation is in the hearts and minds and lives of those who have chosen to believe and have been born again. An ever-living expectation. Well, that expectation creates excitement. Expectation and excitement about what? About the same thing that happened to Jesus happening to us. Hallelujah. He was raised from the dead, and he didn't do it for himself. He didn't need to do it. For his own sins and failures, he had none. Why did he go through that? He was buried in our place. He was raised in our place. His victory is our victory. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. His resurrection proves all who believe in him will be resurrected also. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank, said out loud, I believe He's been raised from the dead. And if He's been raised, I will be raised also. Oh, thank you, Lord. Do you believe that? In the Amplified, verse 4, He said, An ever living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay imperishable, unsullied, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. You know, thank God for nice stuff that we can have and use down here, but the truth is our nice stuff is over there. (laughs) It's not even here. And so if you lose something or or something is destroyed or, or lost or whatever down here, don't even cry over it. I'm telling you, Compared to what you have that you cannot lose, it's not even to be compared. Our inheritance is beyond the reach of change and decay. It is unsullied, unfading, reserved in heaven for you who are being guarded or kept or protected by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit the final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time, we are kept by God's great power from here to there. Are you going to make it from here to there? We are. God is keeping me. We sing that sometimes, don't we? God said out loud, God is keeping me. I'm kept by His great power. Let me read this to you from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation, verse 3. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by His great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We have a living hope. We live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that's kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Somebody say, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive, in other words, all of this salvation. We've already received part of it, the new birth. But he's talking about the whole thing. He's talking about the resurrection of the body. He's talking about our glory and our abode in heaven. He's talking about ruling and reigning with him forever. God is protecting us through our faith. God's protecting us by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Somebody say glory to God oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Now, who is this for? Only for those who believe that Christ has been raised from the dead. Otherwise, this is not talking to you. This is not talking about you. Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Romans. Romans chapter 4. Do you have any stirring of excitement in your spirit about the resurrection, about what happened there? <laughs> Ooh, what it meant, what it has done, and what it means for us both now and especially for our eternal future? Thank you, Lord, for revealing it to us. Come on, say that out loud. Thank you, Lord, for revealing to me the glory and power of the resurrection of Christ and what it means to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Romans 4, you may be familiar with this passage, is talking about Abraham and how he believed God and how he trusted God. And the Bible said in Romans 4, in verse 21, it said Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, he had told him that they would have a child. And he was so persuaded of that that they changed their names and they expected it even though they were old, old, and Sarai couldn't conceive when she was young, but he was fully persuaded. Now, this apply, as you'll see, this applies to us numerous ways, but especially to us believing that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us up as well, and that we have an eternal life with him to look forward to. Somebody say, I'm fully persuaded. He said, verse 22, therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. What was Imputed to him or counted to him caused him to be accounted righteous. What? The fact that he was fully persuaded, accepted it, believed it, and expected it. Expected it. We're talking again about this living hope, this expectation that's alive in believers. Verse 23. Now it was written not for his sake alone that it was imputed to him or accounted to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Just like Abraham was counted righteous, accepted, saved, called the friend of God. Why? Because when God showed him the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore and said, so shall your seed be, did he understand all that? Did he understand how that could be? No. But he just accepted it. He chose to believe, and he said, I believe it, Lord, and it was, he was counted righteous Because of his being fully persuaded that if God said it, he could do it and would do it. Somebody say, I'm fully persuaded too. He said, if you are, then you will be accounted righteous also and the friend of God and salvation secure to you. If somebody say, if, 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 if we believe on him the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Somebody say, I believe. Come on, say it out. Let everybody at home, every young person, every child, open your mouth, say, I do believe. I choose to believe. Look in verse 25. Believe that he raised Christ from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. This answers the question why he did it. Now, if you just choose to believe it, if you don't understand it at all, you'll still be born again and saved. But oh, it's glorious when we begin to realize why Jesus went to the cross, why he allowed them to take him in the garden and spit on him and scourge him and mock him why he allowed them to nail him to the cross why he allowed you know himself to give up the spirit and to die nobody forced that on him he said i've received this commandment from my father i have power to lay down my life and i have power to take it up again he did this willingly as an offering as a sacrifice why did he do it? Why? It wasn't for himself. Read the verse 25. He was delivered to the cross, to the mocking, to, the, to death, to hell. He was delivered for what? Our offenses. That's why. And he was raised, why? For our justification. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Listen to some other translations. The New Century Version. The New Century Version says, verse 25, Jesus was given to die for our sins, and he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Did he die on the cross? Why did he do that? Who did he do that for? For our sins. Was he raised from the dead? Yes, we believe it. Why? To make us right with God. Are we made right with God? Hallelujah. Are our sins paid for? Are our offenses taken care of? And have we been made just like Abraham was counted righteous and acceptable to God? We who believe on him who's raised Jesus from the dead, we also are counted righteous. Hallelujah. Made right with God. Today's English version says a similar thing. Verse 25, it says, because of our sins, he was given over to die. He was raised to life in order to put us right with God. And chapter 5, verse 1 says, now that we have been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody say, "Glory glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can tell when you believe because it's accompanied by joy and peace. Can you tell that? You can tell when you don't believe because it makes you sad and it makes you weak. You know, uh, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, what good thing can I do to obtain eternal life? And he, Jesus answered him some things and, and then he told him, you know, because obviously his faith was in his money instead of God, he told him to give to the poor and come follow him. And the Bible said he went away sad, sad. Why was he sad? Because he chose not to believe. How many think it would have been the best choice of his life to invest heavily in helping the poor and needy and follow Jesus as one of his own disciples? Would he have been broke forever? no way, no how, would he have had not only reward and harvest in this life, oh, but reward in the life to come. Such a mistake, but I'm just talking about the effect. When you choose not to believe, it's dead. You're sad. You're no joy, no peace. You're not satisfied, and you're not happy. But when you hear the truth, Oh, somebody tell me what the truth will do for you. When you hear the truth and you choose to believe it, oh, glory to God, the truth shall make you free. Oh, hallelujah. And when you choose to believe it, joy goes off on the inside of you. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Romans 15 says when you are believing, you have joy and peace in believing. You have peace. Oh, you breathe a sigh of relief and you go, oh, thank God. Glory to God. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right in this life and in the next. Why? I'm saved. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. My future is secure. I'm fully persuaded that he died for my sins and offenses and he was raised for my justification and because of my faith in it, I am made right with God. I am saved. Oh, can somebody say glory to God? Thank you, Father. In closing, I think, go to Romans, the 10th chapter, please. Romans chapter 10. If you have not made that choice, it is time, it is time right now to make the biggest choice, the most important choice that you have or will ever make. Talk about an important choice. This affects not only this life, but eternity. Romans 10 and verse six, Romans 10:6 says, The righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not. Don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above. He has already come down. Don't say who will descend into the deep. That is to bring Christ again from the dead. He's already been raised from the dead. But what saith it? The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This is not optional, my friend. No amount of trying to be a good person, no amount of doing numerous good works, even things that Genuinely help people will save you. If that would save you, that means you saved yourself. And you cannot save yourself. No, this is the requirement of all who can be born again and saved. You must believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And you must confess him with your mouth as your Lord and your Savior. In verse 10, it says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. You could also translate it, shall not be disappointed. You will never regret believing on him. You will be thankful all your days and through the eons to come that you did believe on him. I want you to stand and please take this seriously. Don't be distracted. Give this your full, undivided attention. Life is short and unsure. The only way to be free from the fear of death and dying is to know that you have eternal life and that you won't die at the end of this life that you go on, that you are born again. And the only way for that to be so is that you receive the eternal life that Jesus came to give in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Take a moment, quiet your heart and mind, and say this with me, pray this with me, if you if you believe it, and please choose to believe it. Everybody, You can affirm or reaffirm your faith today. Said out loud, Father God, I believe in you, creator of heaven and earth. In you, I live and move and have my being. I believe what you have said, that mankind cannot save themselves, that we need a Savior, and that you gave us the perfect Savior, your own Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, that he came and that he was given up to the cross, to death, to hell for my offenses, for my failures, for my sins, and that judgment fell on him instead of on me. And that he has paid the price, the full price for all my sins, every failure, every mistake, every shortcoming. And I do believe, Father God, that you have raised him from the dead on that third day according to the scriptures, according to the Gospel. You did raise him from the dead by your Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of holiness. You raised him gloriously from the dead, never again to die anymore, never again to be subject to corruption nor death. The stone was rolled away, he was raised from the dead. He is not there. His body is not there. He has ascended on high where he has sat down at your right hand in the majesty on high. King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, I receive you. I receive all you have done for me. I receive total forgiveness, complete washing by the blood of the Lamb, I receive the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for saving me. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,